So really been going down the, uh, starting to go down the comic book path, unfortunately. <laughs> rabbit hole, you mean? The, ra the, the ultimate rabbit hole. And you saw my picture. She-Hulk issue number one, baby. You need to go get it. I am not it looks lying. absolutely horrible. Well, is she twerking well, in it? Uh, no, but she's in some kind of a swimsuit doing the, uh, the, um, the uh, bodybuilder pose, mm. and she's got some kind of uh, sneakers on. Yeah, she's uh, she's ripped. Sixteen bucks. You get the um, so it must be the uh, the thicker book with all the with all the issues of the comics in it. Because she's a thick gal. <laughs> all I have is brick house going through my head. <laughs> Thanks for not letting me down. <laughs> Yes, um, this I, is all you. I have not. I am not buying that comic. Uh, I have seen, uh, not seen the latest episode, um, but I did see a picture. It scrolled past my feed on I forget what social media platform, but it was of both actresses um, that that play She-Hulk, the 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 human gen version, and then the actual She-Hulk actress. And uh, boy, that was kind of trippy. That's like seeing uh, Lou Ferrigno and and uh, oh, what was his name? I have no Bill, idea. Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby. I, yeah, nope, don't, don't know. Anyway, yeah, not buying the She-Hulk comic. Star Wars, yes. She-Hulk, no. Not happening. What if there's a crossover where you find out She-Hulk is actually Grogu's mom? All right. Uh, that wraps up today's episode. Uh, you guys have a good night. <laughs> I hate you. I really hate you. Oh, my work here is done. If we weren't trying to keep the language clean. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. All right. And with that, let's get into the show. Oh, twerk you will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you right now. Uh, yeah. I. You know what? I, I think this might be the shortest episode. I think we're I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're done for tonight. Yeah. Okay. All right. Welcome to Hyperspace Heroes. This is Brown Leader signing in. Who else do we have tonight? Brown 2 is here and signing in. Brown 4 standing by. All right, guys. Well, we enjoyed it so much last week. We had such a great time. That is just um, a visual I cannot get out of my head now. Thank you. <laughs> Let me do the setup. Stop. Um, we had such a great time, and we got right to the point. We had to come back to the same place this week, and we are back at the Four Horny Sheep once again. Oh, to talk oh again. yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. Um, Andor, episode five. Um, All right, and we were walking and talking again. Oh wait! Oh, don't ruin the surprise. We were gonna get. Oh, to that. teaser alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, I kept expecting to see Mordor and Mount Doom in the background as we're walking and talking and talking <laughs> and walking, and and we had some more character development this week. Oh yes, tons of character development, and yes, sure enough, much. sure enough, the show is is panning out to be three episode arcs so far. You know, we were afraid we weren't going to get the heist in this episode, and yeah, sure we, enough, we sure did not. Sure enough, we did not. Um, the uh, oh, what was the episode title? Something about an axe in a tree, right? <laughs> yes, something about an axe in a tree. Yeah, um, which I guess is an old African proverb. Um, 
the actual how, problem. How, how, did, how did it about. go again? Refresh my memory. Uh, the app, uh, something to the effect that the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Yes, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, and DB, that you you weren't aware of this, but we started using that in our everyday life at work today. Oh, <laughs> so. well, I, I won't be taking That's... days off if I miss things like that. <laughs> oh yeah, you you actually missed a pretty good day today. Uh-huh. So let's. Uh, do you guys want me to do a quick summary? Uh, uh, I just did. Gonna go from there. I just yeah, did. We okay. walked. We talked. Um, we almost no, got the no, it, it, it gets almost better. It no. gets better. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know, we 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 did get a an, um um mail some mail last week from um Spotska. I do, Brown Squadron boys. This is Brown Five Spotska with a quick calm chatter check in. Just had episode forty eight on my link on my hyperspace jump home from work, and I heard some squadron concerns. Coming from my wingmate, Brown 2, Scruff, concerning Andor. Not just chapter, episode 4, but maybe where story's going. And Scruff, it's sounding, what I think I'm hearing is you got your throttle punched up to point 0.8. You might want to drop that back to around point 0.2. Don't get ahead of story or squadron. So Scruff, just drop that throttle back. We'll be good. Don't go in too hot. Scruffy, drop it back. Point two. Scruffy. Uh, he yes, and he is kind of indicating that uh, I needed to uh, pull up. Uh, you know, but um, so I'm gonna state for the record, uh, I'm not a hater on Andor. Um, it's it's exactly what I asked for. It's more Star Wars. It's stories about lesser known characters. There's no Jedi, no Sith, just stories about the average guy and what's going on in the universe. Just for a little more action. And I think that's what, uh, you know, the, the prequel and the trilogy, the OG trilogy did. It had character development with action. So far we've had character development with no action. No, we got another shirtless dude, just like Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. This one had tattoos. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, Kylo Kylo Ren has the clean cut, uh, you know, version, and this guy is the bad boy version. Well, somebody's got to give Nemec a sandwich, man. He's skin and bones. <laughs> yes. Eat one of them sheep for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get into Nemec in a second, but yeah, Skeen. Um, the tattoos. Oh, is that Skeen? Oh, I got my dudes yeah. mixed up. No. Sorry. Ne- Nemec is the um, Karl Marx manifesto. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he, the kid. he's he's the red he's the red hat instead of a red shirt. Yeah. He's a red red hat. He's instead of the yeah. Yeah. Instead of the red shirt, he's the red hat. So for Star Wars, it's a red hat. We'll just start calling them red hats. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, we're kind of jumping ahead in the story, but yeah, so Skeen, uh, Clem, Andor, Cassa, Cassian um, wakes up, his stuff's gone, he comes running out of the hut, uh, all freaked out because uh, his stuff's gone, and there it is laying out on a table next to a shirtless Skeen, and um, I will say, though, that, you know, one of the, like, so they find out they were both, uh, they bond over the fact that uh, they were both juvie kids, basically Star Wars juvie kids. And the uh, tattoo on his chest, on uh, Skeen's chest, kind of barcode-ish looking. Um, 
you know, marking him as one of those juvie kids. So it makes me wonder if we'll get a shirtless Casa scene at some point, uh, showing his tattoo or whatever. Oh, please no. Well, why didn't we just have that uh, last, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday? Right. You know, sit there, stare at each other, and you know, it reminds me of Blades of Glory when uh, he's explaining his tattoos to the the nerd. Do you, you guys remember that scene? Mm, no, not uh, really. Uh, uh, okay, I'll, I'll have to uh, set that up for you guys and get that out to you. Okay. Some of our listeners will know that. But let's let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Let's start with one of the more uh, fascinating uh, parts of the episode, which was the beginning with our beloved corn pop. Uh, <laughs> uh, beloved corn pop sitting there looking all frazzled and dejected while his mommy makes him uh, breakfast, which is uh, cereal, blue milk and cereal. So, you know what? More than ever, I am sticking with the name Corn Pop because, <laughs> man, does that just uh, does that just fit? But did you notice the fruit sitting on the table? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maileron? Oh, yeah. Fruit Mailer sitting fruit. on yep. the table? Yep. So, and think about this. Somebody posted this on Twitter. Uh, was it today? I oh I had to take a screenshot of it. Where is it? It's um I'm really Star trying Wars, to my tongue here. It's uh by uh at Ochi Ochio Bestoon. Uh, Ochio of Bestoon. He says uh, Star Wars canon is crazy. At the same time Andor is getting on a gritty heist, yes. Zeb and Ezra are trying to get a fruit. Yes. <laughs> I did see that earlier today. Which I truly appreciate it. But um, so, yeah, so he's he's sitting there getting berated by his mom, you know, the controlling mom type. Uh, I was kind of happy he was giving some back to her, but and not at least totally meekless. But uh, yeah. And then Uncle Harlow got mentioned and she's going to call Uncle Harlow and Uncle Harlow and Uncle Harlow and Uncle Harlow. So wondering who Uncle Harlow is. So. That's going to be an interesting... I'm guessing he's probably an Imperial, and that's how he gets brought in, possibly. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Am I ready? I... <laughs> what? Okay, uh, this this whole scene is... Your boy Corn Pop is just a very annoying character. Uh, just my biggest complaint about the whole series so far, but um, this whole scene just bugged me because uh, you know, he, mom's berating him about uh, how he has no prospects and how she's got to call in the family favorite Uncle Harlow, and all I could hear in my head was Reba McIntyre belting out, "Here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down." Oh my God! Did you go there? <laughs> yes, I did. That's all I could hear in my head. It's like really. Are you kidding me? So mama's got to, mama's got to get them all set up. And here's your one chance, fancy. Don't let me down. No, no. That's the closest you're going to get to uh, karaoke, by the way. Oh my god. I did love mom's quote though. Any civilized person knows an open invitation is no invitation at all. Yeah, that was a good. Line. I did like that quote. <laughs> that quote's epic. Mm-hmm. When they were you... talking about each visiting each other and how yes. neither one visited each other. Yes. You have changed my perspective of that whole arc in this in the show. You're welcome. 
Oh my god, because all I was seeing was George Costanza and his mom. <laughs> that that that's what I saw that whole every time they went over to, to the corn pop house. Oh my god. Now I can't get fancy out of my head. Yep, I got here's your one uh, chance. Fancy don't let me know. Mama's gonna get them all hooked up and uh, send them off and tell them don't let me down, son. Now I'm gonna have to go watch it again. Well, that or go turn on some Reba. Yes, that that whole scene there is just is just driving is just yeah it's just annoying. However, um, I did appreciate the cereal and the milk. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like they they did that close up on the milk so you could see that it was blue. That was yes, perfect. Isn't that epic? Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we got breakfast at the at the corn pops house, and breakfast at the Mon Monsters house. And breakfast at the the uh, camp at on the camp. Aldani. So it's just it for the first time in Star Wars history, we are being proven that breakfast most important meal of the day, even in a galaxy far far away. Love it. Did you you really, did, yeah, you should you write really, jingles, dude. You should. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so Star Wars because it rhymes. It's like poetry. <laughs> Thank you. I worked all day on that. I bet you did. Wow. <laughs> hey, you know, while we're talking about milk, the dre milk that, that, oh, yes. that they, they offer him at the camp, was it just me or did that stuff sizzle when he threw it out of the cup? Yep. Milk should yeah. not sizzle. <laughs> all, all I can think is it must have hit the fire and put out some of the fire or something. Because, yeah, that's just uh, like, whoa. You know, that's no wonder he didn't want to drink that crap. It, it's more fun to think that it didn't because, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, Red Cap there did tell me he would question his own existence after a couple of days of drinking that stuff. So. <laughs> you know, uh, I I drank something that made me question my own existence after a couple of days. <laughs> well, yeah, if you had stopped drinking it after the first couple, you wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> that 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 is true. Yes, that is that is true. <laughs> oh, we interrupted the synopsis. Go ahead, Brown. Oh, no, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, it's all good. No, 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 no. Finished. We walk. We're, we're gonna. We're, we're gonna take. Uh, we're gonna oh. take each part. So, and they, Andy burned his models. That's later. Well, I'm just, I just summed it up. I just finished the summary for you. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh oh, he's getting annoyed with me. So it. Uh, yeah. So we we get the uh, corn pop and his mom, with the cereal, and kudos to uh, Star Wars. Dot com for embracing that and putting out ads today for a recipe for cereal bars. Oh, I'm so making those. Yeah, I yeah totally enjoyed that. Um, so anyway, it goes from the corn pop house to Andor waking up like we talked about his stuff missing, him confronting Skeen, them bonding over the fact that they're both juvenile kid, juvenile detention kids. After checking each other's tattoos out, checking each other's. Yep, he's got in. Uh, he's got. Uh, it, it, it's this furthering of the suspicion it, it, and the start of the suspicion in this episode of the group against Andor because he points out the corporate pistol, the corpo pistol that he's got, which is Corn Pop's pistol from uh, when they escaped Ferrix. And uh, that starts, you know, what will go on throughout the theme and throughout the episode of the of the distrust that climaxes during the uh, walking, during the walking. And <laughs> what there was walking, yep. 
There was walking. And talking. Um, yep. The So then it cuts over to the Mothma's house, uh, where they're having breakfast there. Oh, we're, okay. Uh, quick interruption. Yeah. I, I just, man, her husband is, I do not like, I do not like him at all. I said, I, I, I want, you know, if I get nothing out of this rest of this episode, the rest of the season, I want to see a divorce hearing. Yeah. Uh, man, I tell you what, online, the, the anti-Perrin Mothma <laughs> group is just growing episode by episode. I mean, the vitriol and hatred out there for Perrin is just, oh my goodness. I'm telling you, that dude is an Imperial spy. He's got to be. Because he's such a jackhole. And, you know. <laughs> he's such a jackhole. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a jackhole. And props for getting the, the Mothma house correct, because anybody who's had a teenage daughter, that's it. They're, they're kid, man. Oh, wow. I've seen that way too many times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we meet Lita, the daughter, and, um, yeah, definitely tell there's some tension in that household and uh, which side uh, daddy's partnering with, and they're both kind of, you know, he's looks like he's been kind of stoking that anti-mom, mom's too busy with her career uh, fervor with the daughter because she's just seeing herself as a political play piece for her mom. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lose-lose situation, that whole scene. Um, then we cut back to the, uh, camp on Aldani, the rebel camp. And that's where we get into the milk, the Dre milk. Sizzling milk. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, we learn what a Trotskyite, uh, Nemec really is. Uh, funny enough, the red hat is kind of Russianish in its style. So the symbolism there, the costume designers and the director, wow, boy, were they putting that right on the nose with the manifesto and everything. Um, yeah, uh, and then after, uh, what'd you think about the whole manifesto thing and the, the what a true believer Nemec is? Well, I think it gives us, what do you call it? Character development. <laughs> oh, thank you for not letting me down. I've been biting my tongue now for a few minutes. Like, yep, yep, nope, I'm not going to say it. You know, that was the best thing about the interaction there with Skeen and 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 Clem. Uh, you know, at, at the beginning of the of the episode, was he kind of gives you the rundown of his perspective of each member of the team, mm-hmm. and really makes you think that oh, you know, hey. Skeen's going to be the buddy of this situation, which later on, you know, doesn't turn out to be the case. But, you know, he narrates and tells us what each person, what their motivations are. And I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. from his perspective, that is. What'd you think about the uh, Nemex fascination with the older technology, the uh, the modified Polaroid camera that he said was some sort of uh, navigate? <laughs> navigational device oh my word when he popped that open i'm like oh please don't tell me they put a polaroid camera in this then i found out it was a navigation piece i'm like okay it's navigation i i i love the uh the reach back to older technology 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially, you know, we see it in today's world, the, you know, where we go backwards to for something simpler, easier to use and something that's easier to be fixed. You know, what my first impression was <laughs> character development. No, not in this case. <laughs> no. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yes. You know, mm. the Galacta was the only ship that wasn't interconnected with the rest of the fleet. That's basically uh, older technology, cords, yeah. cords on the phones. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that was my first thought was, oh, they're kind of they're kind of echoing that here. So. That's a good point. Um, then uh, Clem gets called into uh, with Vel and oh, what, what is his name again? Tamarin. Tamarin. Yeah, I always want to say uh, Tamarin, but Tamarin. And basically, they're he's pulled in because. They have a problem, which is this ship that they're supposed to steal with all the money. They're a day away from the mission and they don't have some details worked out, which is how do they launch the ship? (laughs) How do they make their getaway? Uh, Which now kind of shows most likely why Luthen brought them in. uh, Andor now actually has a purpose. Yes. That they were not ready to admit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Andor starts, or Cassian, Cassian uh, starts to, you know, he shows what he's taught, knows what he's talking about, kind of educates him on something, and uh, he starts to take some of the leadership reins because he's like, "Well, I'll pilot the ship," and they're like, "No, no, 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 we're, we're," and he's like, "No, I'm piloting the ship," and Vel gives in. Vel doesn't, you know, she has several instances throughout this episode where her leadership is starting to waver in terms of her strength with the team and Andor is kind of uh, moving in through shows of competence. Um, so they, they get through that. Then they flip over to our favorite uh, green lizard, uh, Gorn. And uh, uh, well, actually, let's talk about how they tie into it. This was a great part because it's the TIE fighter and the TIE fighter buzzes the valley and oh, that was the only action in the episode but it was awesome loved it i think it goes to how well they're integrating the special effects into the show the speeder bike when gorn first appears how he just rides up the the special effects the cgi um i almost want to rate it like uh you know the best special effects are the ones you can't tell are special effects, right? So the uh, Forrest Gump of special effects, you know, because, uh, well, no, I mean, think about it. You know how that whole movie, Forrest Gump, it was just how much of that was special effects to get him into those pieces of history. You know what I mean? It, it kind of set that whole, it set people's understanding of what special effects can do, you know, where he's getting the medal put on by Lyndon B. Johnson and all that. Um, and that's kind of what I always think back to when the special effects are that good, where you can't really, you don't see it as a special effect. You just see it as part of the scene. So the spider, uh, speeder bike pulling up the tie fighter buzz in the Valley, um, which was just great. And I got to tell you, man, those, those sheep, they got cojones cause they didn't even flinch. Didn't even, <laughs> not, didn't budge. They got four horns. They're, didn't they're even look up. <laughs> no, they didn't. They're just like, whatever. Hey, do you know what? Do you know what impressed me about that is we just did a whole scene where Tamron laid out 
you know, imagine this valley, and this is where the dam is, and this is where the tower is, and this is where we're going to march in. Mm-hmm. And then that TIE fighter buzzes through and takes us to the real thing. Right. Yep. I mean, that's great storytelling. You know, we want to want to complain and moan about how this is going, but that's great storytelling right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, they keep the, they keep it going. They keep the story going. Um, and yeah, so then that takes us over to Gorn and the base. And you get, uh, you, now we find out what Gorn's reason for helping the rebels is. You know, he love lost. Um, but that was after he went down to the little shrine temple, which, you know, it kind of reminds me of the a miniature version of the Jedi temple in Mando, where baby Yoda sits to summon um, yeah, it another, does. another force user. Yeah, it does. You're not wrong. Yeah. And but, I love the uh, fact that we still call him baby Yoda and not Grogu. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, so, uh, She-Hulk's offspring. Um, <laughs> I'm not the one that went there, for the record. <laughs> so, Gorn, Gorn goes down there, some of his officers, you know, he's really ticked because you know, they've been using it for target practice and they've got garbage strewn around and and uh, then he goes up on top of the dam and, and talks to the, the what, radar officer or something. Corporal uh, somebody. Yeah, kind of admonishing him. Um, and then we find out why, you know, he is helping the rebels, which was, uh, you know, because of his, the love lost. Um, he had once loved a girl and an Aldani girl. And, but the, who was it? That radar operator or whatever was talking about the, how he wasn't looking forward to the, the ce- celebration because the smell, the stench of the Aldani and when are we just going to wipe them out? And, you know, that kind of thing, showing that bias, that prejudice that the empire, uh, imperial attitude. But what I really noticed, and it continued on in the next scene where we go to Ferrix and we see a brief scene with Blevins and Captain Tigo, who is going to be the new commander. Uh, who wants to be a prefect. Uh, uh, But what I noticed between Gorn, Blevins, and some other scenes was the number, and this, I'm starting to see why Obi-Wan was released first. Um, And there'll be some other things too, but all the long coats that the Imperials are wearing. Gorn was wearing one. Blevins wearing one. Um, all the long coats. So now I'm wondering: Is there child smuggling going on? Is there? I started uh, laughing because I knew that's where you were going oh with this. Oh my! But, yeah, it's but like, at least with a little child smuggling, there was some action going on. Yes, exactly. A Scooby-Doo so action. But okay, I'll take Scooby-Doo action right now over this. Um. So. So yeah, they. Uh, um, that, that was definitely the, the biggest thing I got out of that. It was like, huh, the number of long jackets. Thanks, Obi-Wan. And uh, for setting that, that portion up. And there was something else I was thinking of today that, that oh, that's why we got Obi-Wan first. Uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on what it is now, but it'll, it'll come to me at some point. But the, um, so then we go back to, you know, the rebel camp. They're practicing their marching. Um, you know, trying to pretend like they look like Imperials. The ladies are looking bored. Um, again, Cassian proves his um, 
competency because he knows what hand everybody, their dominant hand. Um, again, showing that he pays attention, I guess. Um, and then Nemec did have a good line. Oh, this is when the TIE fighter buzzed. That's right, because they had to hide the weapons and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, he says, I, I, I know I made a point, which was, uh, surprise from above is never as shocking as the one from below. And I thought that was a good line in, in uh, the episode. Uh, but then we go, finally, we get to some other different characters. Uh, thankfully, not new characters, so we don't have to have new character development. We're just developing oh, the characters that we already know. And we flip over to Deidre. Who, oh, my favorite scene in the movie, in the show. Uh, so Deidre is uh, marching through. She's going back to her office. Uh, passes Blevins, doesn't she? I think she passes Blevins. Yep. Um, during it. So some passage of time, because Blevins was just last seen on Ferrix. So that you know there's some passage of time there. Um, but the... Uh, she basically, she goes in and starts kind of, she pops some Adderall or something. I don't know what, some stims. <laughs> she, she's she's to up late. a late night study session. Right, exactly. Like for, cramming for an exam. Um, and, and, and Scruffy, I'll let you take this next part. But uh, her aide, um, I was looking at him in the scene and I'm like, he kind of looks like a Tarkin Jr. Oh, my word. Doesn't he? I, I I don't even know what to say to that. Yes, he does. <laughs> so that's wow, that's what I'm calling. That's what I'm calling her aide now, Tarkin Junior. So. All right, her and Tarkin Junior. I loved how Tarkin Junior had to uh, give her the assurance that she is onto something here. Well, they say it's too random to be random. Yes, too. Yes, that's what it was. Too random to be random. Oh my word! I yeah, I got to look this character up now. Tarkin Junior. <laughs> <laughs> but what were the some of the they were starting to connect connect dots and there's definitely some some uh uh not fan service not necessarily easter eggs but they're starting to tie some of the universal other events together which were scruffy do you have those notes i do not um okay. i know that they were talking about um the uh the Star Path unit. Yep. So Tarkin Jr. Yeah, I've got it. Uh, okay. Tarkin Jr. says Kessel, which yes. is that is that from Solo, the raid? Because that would have been uh, what did we say? That would have been probably five to seven years prior to this. Something like that. Um, they talk about Fondor targeting consoles from Jakku, proton warheads from Base K, and the Steer Guard Star Path which was the most uh, recent thing. So, you know, if the solo thing, if the, if the Kessel, if, when they say Kessel, because that was a huge theft of uh, raw, raw fuel, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Enfys Nest eventually got their hands on for the Rebellion. Um, you know, they're seeing a connection, but what's funny enough was that it really wasn't for the rebellion originally um it just happened to work out that way if that's what they're referring to um what else Would, was there anything else she had a bonsai tree in the back so she does some sort of meditation stuff 
<laughs> Only you would notice that. I just noticed the fact that she's popping pills and getting ready for her late night study session. Mm -hmm. I gotta break Tarkin. Uh, then we go back down. to. Then we kind of start moving into the evening side of the story. You know, it's like the course of a day. And we have a bonfire. This is where they're burning. They're getting ready for the walk. The walk to Mordor. The walk. And they you know, are burning. This is where they're burning the model. I do appreciate the part, the part of the storytelling here where the timeline for each different scene falls in order of the same timeline throughout the day. Yeah. Like breakfast was earlier. We had, you know, we, we did some marching in daylight. Now we're into the evening section. I do appreciate how that all seems to flow naturally. I agree. I do. I did like the storytelling, the way it was told. Uh, uh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so they're getting ready for the journey. They're packing up. They're abandoning. They're breaking down camp. Um, and just the little details, like the burning of the models. Um, and then the, uh, you know, basically tearing down camp with no intention to return. You know, this is a one-way trip. Um, and then, like, the last scene you see of them leaving is the gate is open on the pen for the sheep, which I thought was, uh, you know, because after, what was it, the previous the two episode, previous episode, you know, she was on their case about making sure the gate was closed so that they, or the, the fence was up so they weren't chasing sheep. And, you know, it really kind of, it was the final part that really showed you, like, hey, they're not coming back. This is this is a one-way trip um, that they're going to. Uh, then we go back to our favorite uh, cereal boy, Corn Pop. Um, this dude mo mopes more than a Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, thank you, DB. Oh, that's brutal. You know, the only thing he didn't say is that he wanted to go into Tashi Station to, you know, blah, blah, power. blah, blah. Get some power converters. But I wanted to go to Tashi Station and get some power converters. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you lost us again. Yeah. Um, did you see the action figures on his uh, shelf in his bedroom? OMG, seriously? Yeah, yeah, go back. There's action figures on his on his get out of here on his dresser or whatever. Yeah, go back and watch it. Seriously. Okay. I yeah no I I I guess I'm oh, not gonna make it to work. Please in the tell me it's Lone Star and Barf. Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. I didn't I didn't go back and mom, see what they were. His but mom I bet comes you... in. No, you didn't. Just catch me playing with my action figures. <laughs> Uh, my guess is uh, I didn't go back and watch. I, I noticed it. I, you know, I caught it as the scene was going on. But then you got you get focused on him lighting up the picture of uh, Cassian's head and just kind of crying and getting all you know that mad cry kind of like visage. And oh my god, you know I kudos again, kudos to how. Well, the actor and the story writing just makes you hate him. Right. You know, and that's what that's why I like the character, because it's being portrayed so well. Um, 
I can't I get make... to see it out of my head with uh, where he walks in. He's got a dark helmet and Princess Vespa. <laughs> oh, your helmet is so big! <laughs> okay, I got it out of the system. Thank you. Okay. All right. Anyway, alright, so your homework is you got to go back and watch that and see what action figures there. I think they might be clone troopers, but I'm not entirely sure. That would kind of make sense. But no, I want it to be I want it to be spaceball figures. <laughs> that would be very funny. Um, so yeah, so uh, but we also found out in that scene that that Uncle Harlow has been contacted, that he is gonna basically think about it. So, uh, but they're calling in the family. Fa- uh, you see, I thought I thought Corn Pop was gonna get brought back into it because Deidre was gonna seek him out. That's what I thought was gonna happen because. You know, to find out more information about the star path. Oh, nope. Yeah, here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we go back to everybody's favorite thing, which is walking. And that's actually when we find out. They talk about Gorn and they talk about why um, he's in for it. But um, they, they're walking and they're walking and they're walking. Um, and then and they walk some more. What I like yeah. them talking about Gorn and why he's in this as well was the line, everyone has their rebellion. And I thought that was a, uh, a really good line, you know, showing how all these different interests are coming together. Everybody's got their own motivations for what they're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Right. Um, and then this is uh, also when you have the final confrontation in the group. You know, the tension before the mission. Um, Skeen holds a knife to Clem's neck, rips off the Kyber crystal, says it's worth 30000 Why do you have it? Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, Clem comes clean about that he's being paid, but don't use him as an excuse if you don't want to do this mission. I thought he had a really good point about, you know, again, showing his confidence and why Luthen brought him in, which was... Uh, he's been through missions before. He's been through heists. He's been through, you know, this kind of thing, and, whereas they haven't. And um, he's talking about how, you know, that last day before the mission, you have a lot of time. You've been prepping. You've been doing all that. And now you have nothing but time to think and get scared and before you actually have to take action. I thought that was a pretty good exposition on his part. Um, and then also that he didn't want to walk into that base having to worry about looking over his shoulder at the same time uh, with the people that he's supposed to be working with. So that was that. Was that. Then we go to Mon and uh, Perrin again, coming back from some sort of event, dressed in yeah. their fancy, uh, fancy, they were at some sort of fancy event because they got their fancy clothes on. And... Um, fancy clothes. Fancy clothes. You got Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Again, more tension, you know, because uh, he's like, oh, well, this so-and-so told me about some sort of new charitable venture you got going on. And, you know, being all mopey because he didn't know about it. And again, you know, the poor, playing the whole poor husband being left out of everything shtick. And, and she's like, well, I didn't think you'd be interested. It's, it's a charitable thing. And, you know, implying that he's just there for the pomp and circumstance. 
Um, and the socialization, and then he's like, okay, I don't want to talk about this anymore, and he tells the driver to take the expressway because he wants to get out of that car as fast as possible. <laughs> Which I thought was a funny little um, tidbit. Yeah. Um, then it goes back to... Um, oh, that's when it goes back to Corn Pop and holding the hologram of Cassian. Crying. Doing the mad cry. Uh, moping like a Skywalker. Yep, moping like a Skywalker. Um, then it goes to uh, the heist crew, the Rebels, and they're camping. So they're done walking for the day. Now they're camping. And they're going to signal Gorn with a fire, which I thought was kind of... They're like, Should nobody they? else is going to notice that? Yeah, really? Yeah. Mount yeah. yeah. Doom. Um, Skeen and tells his reason for wanting to be there because his brother was a pepper tree farmer and uh, had his land taken away and flooded and killed and that's why he's in it Um, then Vel uh, is like alright you four boys you're on your own we're out for the night and won't say what they're going to go off and do but they're Tamarin's in charge um, and then finally finally we get to the character I've been waiting for all episode yes because I, I wanted to see him yell at somebody which was Luthen yes um, looking tired looking exhausted um, stressed somewhat stressed nervous um, his assistant comes in they have a good little exchange um, you know you can tell they're going to be bailing out the next day because she asked if her walkaway pack was ready um, really interested in who she is now I'd like to know you know I think I think she might be more in charge of things than we know I kind of got possible. that impression mm-hmm. possible and you can really tell from this scene Luthen this mission really is a make or break uh, because a couple episodes back, you know, he's talking to Mon Mothma and she can't get the funding anymore. They're stealing funds. He's got a lot of mouths to feed. So uh, you can really understand why he's stressed. You know, I think this is really kind of a, a, a pivotal, pivotal moment in that if they don't get this money, this whole everything he's doing to try to build this rebellion uh, could fail because he could just basically run out of money. Um, which I thought was an interesting you know, perspective and I thought Skarsgård you know, played that pretty well. Um, and what were the two, what were the things we saw on the shelves? The Jedi and Sith holocron, they were much bigger than they are typically shown in other uh, like the uh, Rise of Skywalker or Rebels. And then we TV. saw the... What's that? The TV always TV always adds 10 pounds. Yes, that's true. That's true. The camera. Because uh, they're sitting right next to the uh, the Shankara stones from Temple of Doom. I could not believe they made them as clear as day in that. It was... Yes, it was absolutely picture perfect. There was no doubt in my mind what those were this time around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that there was doubt before, but it was like, well, it's a little fuzzy, so maybe... But no, that was definitely what they were. It was awesome. Um, 
one of the things he was stressed about was that he wasn't careful enough because uh, Val should have been the only loose end, but he said he was careless with Cassian. Um, and uh, one of the final lines, it may have been her that said it, which was tomorrow it'll either be all over or it'll just be starting. And it I was that her. Was good, yeah, yes. that was her. I like that line. And it prepped me for some, okay, we're going to get some action. And then the credits rolled. <laughs> no action. I think so far. I think Luthen's the best character in this in this whole series so far, at least for me anyway. Um, he's one of the biggest reasons I'm still watching it. Of course, it's Star Wars, so I'm going to watch it anyway. And proof of that is the fact that I still watch the holiday special once a year, every year. <laughs> well, the fact is that you sat through Resistance, and I sat through all of Resistance. Mm-hmm. But I'll never do that again versus uh, I'm getting ready to watch the holiday special again here in a couple weeks. So who do you think Luthen is? I still think you're right. I still think he's a former uh, military uh, industrial person. Um, he's somewhere higher up in that corporate ladder. Uh, he's too wealthy to be just uh, just a just a just a nobody. He's not, he's I don't think he's ever been a political person. Uh, you know he doesn't you know a, a gather that that many nice things. You know the clothes, the ship, which is clearly not just an everyday driver. Uh, you know the antiquities. You don't gather that without some kind of wealth attached to him. So I think he's some former military arms dealer type tycoon who has decided he's had enough. I think you were onto something there. DB, what are your thoughts? You know, those are good thoughts. I think he could also be old money from the old Republic. Maybe his family um, lost a bunch of stuff or has managed to skirt by under the imperial regime and and now he's had enough because he sees that the empire has taken everything from not only him but everybody i bet that i just get that vibe from him you know he might have been somebody you know in the old republic and he's managed to um you know keep your enemies closer meaning the empire until now he seems to have connections. Yeah, yeah, he so. definitely's got. He's definitely got connections. Especially to have a modified Fondor hauler that can do hyperspace. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. knows. I mean, look at everything he knew about Cassian. How mm-hmm. did he know all that stuff? He has connections somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why is that kyber crystal so important to him? I think antiquities are all important to him um he you know you can see the passion in him when he starts talking about the stuff in the shop i think just stuff like that is just important just important to him well something in the real world um the art industry you know in auction houses in art um it's if you really start to dig into that world it's a really good way to store your money um, when, you oh, get into, when you get into the ultra wealthy area you know why do they buy all that art it's actually a uh, an investment 
into that art. They don't really care so much about the art as how much, basically how much, and, and you can over, and it's also a source of money smuggling. Um, I've watched some doc, or listened to some documentaries about the art industry. Um, it's a good way to move money because who's to say what, how much a, a painting is worth? You know, you, you could, you could over quote unquote overpay for a painting that you, you know, you say, oh, it's a magnificent painting because it's an impressionist and this and that. And, you know, and it's worth a million dollars. Well, who says it's really worth a million dollars? It's subjective, right? Art is subjective. Um, and so it, it's a good, it has been a good vehicle in the past for money laundering. Um, so I know, I know it's a propeller thing. But I'm tying that over to what he's doing <laughs> with dealing in antiquities. You know, it's a similar kind of thing. Who's he Who's he dealing with? He's dealing with the rich. He's dealing with the powerful. Um, so I just, I, I, yeah, that's my propeller brain going. And I, I see some uh, connections there, possibly. Because they did say they had some clients um, the next morning. But, uh, and... I, almost wonder if they're going to show that who those clients are because they, they made a point of saying that but um, and I don't know if it, it could be useless dialogue but I don't know um, I don't sense a lot of useless dialogue anywhere in this TV show so far exactly well, that's mean, all I, we've I, had is dialogue well I, 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 I'm bashing it a little more than I should uh, but because I just find it humorous and amusing because uh, I, I generally do I generally do like it it's just it's not as action packed as I would like but not everything can be action-packed like that. But there has been not much useless... There hasn't been a whole lot of useless dialogue in this show. Everything that's been stated has been stated for a reason. It's linking up to something. It's it's moving the story forward for some reason. Well, so I don't think I don't think that's just a line. I think we are going to see something with the clients. And you're absolutely right, because look at how many characters we have in this show. All doing separate stories that at some point are going to converge. Otherwise, why are they telling us all these different stories? Right. Right. So, and I think Luthen is the linchpin to that, obviously. But Yeah, and I mean, who knows? You know, it could be... Um, the character's name escapes me. The Jimmy Smith's character. Bale oh, Organa. Oh, Bale, Bale, Bale Organa. Organa. Yes. You know... It could be him because he's another one that you know is keeping his enemies closer while while fomenting a rebellion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that would be kind of a nice cameo that has a use. Yeah, you know, not just yes. not just putting it in there for the fanboys. I mean, I don't know who those fanboys would be, but you know. Well, any OG trilogy who wants to see yeah. some link. But it would be, uh, it would serve a purpose. He belongs. He, he's it's a situation where he belongs. Well, he's you know he's at the same social status as Mon Mothma at this. Pretty point. much the same address. I mean, he's just down the road from where they're at. Exactly. Right now. And and you know one of the things that that I, I I actually really enjoyed this episode because I felt like it did move the story forward for a lot of reasons. But you know we've already discussed the fact that we've kind of seen this all take place over the course of a day and we're seeing the same situations from the military camp from the imperial point of view and and from the senatorial or 
the governing level, you know, and I'm including Luthen in that because of his connections. And we're seeing contrast between all three. Um, and I've totally lost my train of thought at that point. <laughs> but this episode had more movement other than the walking. I think because the scenes were shorter and crisper and they flowed right into the next scene of a similar action having happening in a different scenario you know breakfast here breakfast here breakfast here yes i was just gonna say i, I just love <clears throat> the contrast of breakfast for the wealthy the poor and mm -hmm. the people out in the dirt yeah and, that, and that's why i think this this episode grabbed my attention much better because the scenes were shorter and and they were all moving toward the end of the day and 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 walking because we needed more walking and, walking. <laughs> and more character yeah, it, development it, it's um i know you guys haven't read the high republic books but i read the three main novels of, of the first phase of the high republic in the second novel by kevin scott and uh listeners put in the chat what the title of the book was i don't remember um but it gets into this big climactic battle that takes up a good chunk of the book and he, he uh um the way he tells the story of the battle is the same kind of methodology he keeps the section there's so many characters and the first book was kind of hard because of so many characters that they had to introduce and try to develop and give some backstory and blah 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 um the second book you know now the the characters are engaged they're in this big massive battle and again everything's every part was running in parallel but he kept it short to the point what each character was doing and then he would move to the next character at the same moment and move to the next character at the same moment so overall I totally got a picture of what was going on in this massive battle, just this massive. And it was a really good way. So, you know, reinforcing your point, DB, of, of the methodology of storytelling and why, you know, why you enjoyed it so much better. Um, all right. So uh, final thought moving forward. Next episode is going to be the heist. Yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, 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 uh, we'll, we'll have to do more character development on well, the... fancy let mom down. That's the question. <laughs> That's we'll the question. To... <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do character development on the two guys that are supposed to paint that room, uh, in, in, inside the garrison. I want 40 uh, minutes uh, of that. Yes, please, uh, <laughs> please. Um, so no, okay, so the big question was, and I kind of uh, shot this to you guys last night to think about, which was of the rebel crew, before we get to the mission, who survives or who, who gets killed, who escapes the mission and who gets captured, if anybody? I think, well, we, we know the red hat. Um, Nemec. Nemec. Nemec's not going to make it. Red hat, red shirt, call it what you will. Uh, the fact, you know, he gave this big manifesto thing tells me he's just not going to make it. And he's the uh, most diehard believer in the cause. So exactly. he's going to die. Exactly. Right. I think one of the females gets captured. I haven't decided which one yet. Um, I'm leaning more towards, uh, not the leader, not the blonde, the uh, the other one. Um, Cinta. 
Cinta, yeah, Cinta. I keep wanting to call her Cintas. Uh, <laughs> well, her name is Cinta Kaz. Cinta Kaz. Okay, that's why I keep wanting to call her Cintas. Uh, so I don't. I think she's going to get captured. I think, I think everybody else is going to make it. Yeah, something's going to happen to Cinta because I think Vel has a secret crush on Cassian. Vel, Vel yes. Hmm. She, she's given him a couple of looks and she's kind of let him, you know, overpower her authority a couple of times. Overpower her authority? Or is that the type of leader she is? A good leader allows, people's to, allows people to show their strength and uses their those individual strengths to further their whatever it is they're doing. So is she just a weak leader, or is she no? She uh, she recognizes nope. Cassian's uh, Cassian's abilities and says, "Okay, I, let him do his thing." I I think she's got a secret crush on him, even though she's <laughs> obviously connected. So all right, you're not gonna let the crush go, okay? <laughs> uh, DB, what are your thoughts? Oh, I just I that was my first thought. Was I think Senta is gone in one form or another. Nemec is gone, and um, I think I think Gorn. Gorn will pay for his oh, treason. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I whether he I, di- I agree with that. Whether he dies in the heist or he is, you know, taken out by other Imperials or taken to trial or whatnot, I think Gorn is gone. I think I think he's taken to trial. He gets left holding the bag, if you will, and everybody points a finger at him. Mm-hmm. And I think something's going to happen where Cassian is going to have to save uh, Skeen because they need to resolve that tension somehow. Oh, wow. Man, you really did do some uh, diving this. You did some character development. Good job. No, I paid attention to character development. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I, I probably fell asleep where I started eating uh, Cheetos. I was I was taught by Brown Leader to watch for the... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Really? You went straight for that, huh? Okay. A good, a good leader develops their people. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Because I was focused on, on the walking, you know, and I, mm, I started yeah, watching I, the character. Yeah, I, I, I got bored and opened up a bag of Cheetos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, this is getting so strung out that even Peter Jackson is, you know, saying for crying out loud, let there be a battle or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, All right, Spashka. Uh, time to get on. <laughs> time to get on DB now. Uh, Not just me. Uh, speaking of which, we are going to have Spachka on next week. And, yes. Uh, so I cannot wait to. I uh, think he's going to chastise, chastise both DB and I both. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I think Vel's going to make it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Cinta, I think she's going to go or get killed. Uh, I agree. I think Gorn is going to have to make a choice, and he's going to sacrifice himself so that they can escape. Um, and then whether he gets captured by the Imperials and tried or or killed, I'm not quite sure. Um, Nemec, yep, red hat, red shirt. He's going to bite the bullet. Um, Skeen, um, I think he's going to die. I think he's going to die sacrificing himself again to get them to get that ship launched or something. Um, and then Tamron, I think, will survive. Um, 
so I, I think he's just kind of been that cool calm collector or character in the background i just i don't know i just the vibe i think he'll survive so but we'll see we'll see next episode right next episode um unless there's more character development one more prediction <laughs> oh yes please corn pop gets a job <laughs> oh, here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down. <laughs> Harlow, uh -huh. um, Uncle Harlow is going to come through and get Corn Pop a job that he's going to use, whether directly or indirectly, to track down Cassian. Hmm. I all just, right. I just hope he doesn't let his mom down. That's all I care about. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that I'm sorry. That character is just annoying. I hope she does uh, something other than cereal tomorrow. I hope she does like space waffles or something. Oh, some space waffles with some blue milk and some. Oh man, that's gonna be awesome. Blue syrup. Uh, blue syrup. Blue syrup. Blue syrup. There you go. Yes. There you go. All right. So there's uh, episode five. Um, boy, that's uh, boy. Our reviews are getting longer and longer. Um, <laughs> for for a show with no action. Um, <laughs> Well, you had five. You had fifteen minutes of me smack talking all the uh, all the character development. Anyway, yeah, we're um, a full hour in. We haven't made a single Trek reference yet. Mm-hmm. No, I uh, talked uh, about the Green Lizard Gorn. Oh, you green, did. Okay. Well, Green Lizard, yeah. and we made a red shirt reference. But you which, know, I don't which, really call those which Trek reference. Okay, okay. Uh, we do have to keep the Trek references to a minimum um, because, well, well, maybe not. I don't know. I am proud to announce that uh, yes. and, and this is, I was going to save this for Star Wars news, but I'll just say it right now. Um, proud to announce that we earned uh, our, our Brown Sixes. Uh, he does this daily post of the pods that he's listened to, and he gives one episode a star of the day. Uh, we are the first podcast to achieve the first poop emoji of the Yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. So, and that was due to all of our Trek talk uh, last episode. Uh, and I loved it because uh, he put it in his tweet. He's like, uh, uh, he put, you know, you know what you guys did. <laughs> in his and he said, Team Scruffy. Hashtag Team Scruffy. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, that was, that was pretty, pretty proud, proud to uh, claim that uh, title of uh, Proud Moment proud moment because uh as he put it in a response tweet there is a reason we are called brown squadron so <laughs> um <laughs> uh so all right let's jump over to collection corner um scruffy all right um i finally picked him up uh i have been waiting for this uh for quite some time now uh back in early 2000s they developed a diorama display called ultrarama uh, I was able to score two of those. Uh, I'm gonna see if DB wants one. I just might. but they're they're pretty they're they're pretty darn cool. I'll get uh, I'll get some I'll get some figures on it and get it posted here on our on our page in the next week or so. You know the only thing I can think of when you say that, right? What? Diarrhea, cha cha cha. <laughs> oh, well, okay, that at least replaced fancy. Don't let me down. <laughs> that's what's gonna be in my head the rest of the night. Thank you. Uh -huh. All right, much appreciated. Uh, comics, I picked up a few more comics this week. Mandalorian number four. Uh, I did not buy a copy of She-Hulk, much to my dismay. Um, you know, I was going to put it on your desk this morning, but I decided not to. <laughs> uh, oh, and um, 
Dork Side Toys. I saw an, uh, probably from um, from um, Toy Collector. Yeah. yeah yes. Yes. Uh, Dork Side Toys got me good. I uh, picked up a couple of the uh, vintage collection Ahsokas, uh, Death Star Droid. Uh, but they were so cheap, I don't know how I couldn't. Uh, the Death Star Droid is not something that's going to be uh, left in a package. It's, it's clearly labeled as an opener. Uh, but the package is pretty well pretty well mangled up. But I still thought it'd be cool, since I got the uh, diorama uh, figure displays. Cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that's pretty much it this week. I could be wrong. I don't recall getting anything else. What about you, DB? Uh, I had a day this week that was like Christmas. I come home from work. And... <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I think the FedEx and UPS guys were, you know, just hanging out in front of my house because I had a pile of boxes. And I may have talked about some of this previously, but I got a couple of uh, retro Mandos that I had ordered for dirt cheap, and they're now setting on the shelf. I'm I'm tempted to open one of them just so I can I can have it in a in a diorama somewhere. Do it. Do, Do it. it. Do it. But uh, um, apparently, I I pre-order things and then completely forget that I've pre-ordered them <laughs> because I've yeah. got. Unless you guys are sending me stuff, but I got a uh, Boba Fett. Um, Oh, it's not it's not retro. I think it's vintage collection, but it's Boba Fett Morak and it's it's a really nice sculpt and I'm tempted to open it, but it's beautiful. And I got a um, Stormtrooper from the same line, and I think it's the best Stormtrooper sculpt I've seen thus far. It's really well detailed. I wish I had ordered about 50 more of them because they would fill out my dioramas nicely. Take a, show me a, send me a picture of that one. I think I've got a couple of them. This just came out. This was just released this week, this past week. Okay, then I have not ordered so, a couple of them, so I guess i got to order some more. Thanks. Yeah, I have a bunch of them, you know, from the Power of the Force line from the 90s, you know, that are all he-manned up with the broad shoulders and stuff. And they just, they don't look right, and I want a whole bunch of Stormtroopers so I can fill, fill some dioramas I've got. And, of course, you know, I bought this for like 15 bucks and they're like 45 bucks on all the all the websites now. But I, I got I got it. You know, that's four action figures I got this week and I'm pretty well broke from that. Because I'm well, on a moratorium and I forget I ordered these things. Uh, well, yeah, I'm on a moratorium, too, but uh, yet uh, stuff keeps rolling into the house somehow. Mm -hmm. How does Mrs. Scruffy take that? Uh, you know, Mrs. Scruffy has always been very supportive of it. Um, yeah, so she's 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 always been good with it. Excellent. Thankfully, uh, she is uh, she is my biggest uh, supporter here. So long as I keep it in some moderation. I know. And so far, I have I haven't really uh, you know the the figures were three bucks a piece or three between three and six bucks a piece. How could you not? Well, you know, if you ever need to get rid of anything, I'm looking at that Imperial shuttle sitting behind you right now. You could send that to my house. Or... Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, that is the loose one. I do have one sealed still in the box in the back. No, I'll take the loose one. I like displaying the stuff. You can have the box models. Uh, yeah, no, that I, no, uh, no. If I do sell one, but, uh, yeah, I do. I don't know what uh, I'll do. 
Yeah, keep talking. Hey, Brown Leader, how many uh, pops did you get this week? Not corn <laughs> pop, Funko pop. All Funko right. Pop. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I have. <laughs> this is getting better and better. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk those, those. <laughs> yeah. So I had kind of a bad couple days. Oh, okay. See, that looks like the Empire Strikes Back version uh, that I have. Uh, okay, uh, so focus. Uh, bad couple days. What happened, man? All right, so it started off, I finally got over to that comic shop you wanted me to stop into. <laughs> uh, you and... did pick up a She-Hulk number one. No, no, I didn't. Okay. I, I, I picked up uh, two and three of Mando, and then they had an all alternate cover for one, so I picked that up. And... Uh, then over the course of the next couple days, um, yeah, my finger, my thumbs wouldn't stop on my phone, and um, ordered quite a few things. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, you did. And I've been waiting for them to come in. Uh, so yesterday, I got two wireless charging pads: one of the Millennium Falcon and one of the um, of Mando's head. So, oh, that thing is cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, so one's for work, one's for the home office here. Um, and that was because GameStop had the Boba Fett Soda Pop Chase back in stock. So I had ordered that, but then, of course, wanted free shipping. So, yeah. Well, when you when you need to add one more cent to your total to get free shipping, why oh, not that, spend that another a, 60 bucks? Yeah, that was a different, that was a different order. Um, oh, okay. All right. So, uh, then I had to order some stuff for uh, some Halloween decorations to, to some parts to fix up some old decorations. And yeah, I was a penny away from free shipping. So um, they had a uh, Chase uh, Funko Pop of, um, oh, not can't, um, who's the guy um, wearing Boba's armor? Um and it was like six bucks and shipping was free so it didn't count for the penny but also at six bucks how do you pass that up you know with free, with free shipping so i ordered that um and then uh to get the free shipping i ordered a couple of the trade paperbacks for um bounty hunter wars because i'm really curious how that story is I've heard some other people talking about that story, so I wanted to read it, but I didn't want to get into the individual comics. But I got two packages today, and I got them right before coming down in to record, so should we open them and see what arrived? Yeah, we should. Yes, yes we should, please. All right, so Dying to one, see this. first one is just a single box. Okay. Um, so I cut it, but I did not open it, so now we'll open it. And this is the Cod Vanth. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That was six uh, bucks? Yes. Um, it's not the Chase version, but that's okay. Um, it's still for that price. Uh, that was Am That was the worldwide online retailer. Um, so good, definitely, definitely a really good price for that. And then the other is this envelope. Big padded envelope, so we'll see what's in there. Um, which are my true two trade paperbacks oh, 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 for the first part of uh, Bounty Hunter Wars, 
So much simpler and quicker than individuals. Um, oh, this is the actual original thing that I ordered, which was the part for the Halloween decoration. So <laughs> I will definitely be taking that upstairs and fixing that when we get done recording tonight. So excellent. Uh, yeah. So, but um, yeah. So that's and I. I'm sure I still I've got oh the soda pop Boba Fett I think that hasn't arrived so. Uh, but yeah, I've been reading things about the Bounty Hunter Wars, the War of the Bounty Hunters. I really want to read it, so um, figured I'd go with the paper. Uh, I didn't want to go with the Kindle version. I wanted something I could flip. So, um, but not the individual comics. So um, yeah, that's so yeah. just a long, painful way to go. Yeah. So and um, experiencing that firsthand. Yeah. So oh, that, yes, Cobb Vanth, uh, Amazon 13. Might have to order that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move over into Star Wars news uh, so we can get away from my pain and misery. Um, <laughs> uh, as we mentioned earlier, I think, in the episode, the cereal bars, StarWars.com posted yes. the recipe for cereal bars, which was hilarious. Basically just Rice Krispie treats with cereal. Um, but yeah, very cool. Um, High you Republic... know I've got to make those. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, High Republic Phase 2 launched this week, and true to Star Wars form, uh, Phase 2 is a prequel series to Phase 1. So, right. I thought that was pretty funny um, and true to form, and I read somewhere that Phase 3 will be a sequel uh, series uh, to Phase 1. So I was going to um, guess that. So kudos to them. Um, and then the other thing uh, which we saw I sent to you the other day, Scruffy, um, they are doing a Ronin comic. Um, from oh, yes. Uh, I was just going to bring that up. I am looking forward to that. Uh, the duel was by far my favorite Visions episode, even though it's it's, it's a it's just something I've, I've never been into, that whole uh, anime thing. I've never been into it. But the artwork in this comic looks just amazing. Um, I, I have, I got, I'm gonna have to get this. It comes out next week, so I will be there Wednesday morning to pick that up. Nice. Um, so yeah. Um, any other Star Wars news? You guys got anything? No, I'm just gonna go shopping tomorrow on my way home and pick up the stuff to make some uh, cereal, cereal bars. Cereal Absolutely. bars. Absolutely. You know, somewhat related. Um. Hasbro is coming out with an Indiana Jones line, a modern Indiana Jones line. They are. And it looks fantastic. And I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I think they're all six inch and, and blows away the, the garbage Kenner put out in the 80s. Oh, cool. Very cool. I, I will have to check that out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. All right. Um, uh, yeah. We reverted back to uh, 12 years old. Yes, we did. Um, okay. So, cereal, uh, cereal bars. I am so excited about this. I, I, I don't know why. A, a snack to share with mom. <laughs> breakfast, uh, breakfast of choice on the go. And to play with your action figures in your room while you're crying. <laughs> oh yeah, I. Uh, Definitely gotta, gonna be, gotta go back gonna, and see that. 
I'm going to be so tired tomorrow, but I got to watch that before I go to bed. All right. Let's wrap up. Let's get out of here. This has been a long episode. Uh, next week, like I said, uh, next episode, we're going to be reviewing Andor episode six, uh, the heist episode. Right? 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 Um, no. Maybe walking. 40 minutes of them walking down to the dam to get in. Right. We're also going to have... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we need to learn Cinta's story. We need to learn Vel's story. We need to learn Tamron's oh, story. My word, you're on to something, um, and I want to be so irritated. Yeah. The painting guys. The painting guys. We have to know their history. Oh, yes. Yes, got to know theirs. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, and then the festival is going to happen. So, you know, there's going to be new characters there. The history oh, of my God. All right, we're little up shrine. <laughs> All right, and as I mentioned, uh, Spotchka Brown Five, uh, the first uh, yeah. member that we had uh, join us for our very first interview. Uh, Rural Farm Boy himself is going to be here to talk uh, Andor with us, so we're looking forward to that without a doubt. So I'm looking forward to my chastising for being so rough <laughs> on it. <laughs> Pull that throttle back to point two, Scruffy. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here, guys. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get a hold of uh, Hyperspace Heroes, you can reach out to us on any of the big three social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us at brownsquadron at gmail.com. You can literally shout out to us uh, like Spotchka did uh, through the voicemail feature on the anchor.fm uh, website or app under Hyperspace Heroes. Uh, if you could leave us a rating on your podcast service of choice, we'd appreciate that. Feed that algorithm, um, you know, five stars, three thumbs up, whatever it is, uh, give us that rating. And um, yeah, tell us what you think. Uh, if there's anything you'd like us to cover, let us know. You can reach out to us anytime. And uh, yeah, we'll call it a night, guys. So this is Brown Leader signing off for the group. And you have been listening to Hyperspace Heroes. That's, That's no, no moon. moon. Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Jaloja.